Hi, good day. It's Felix Mazanaris from Journey Ministries here in the Cayman Islands. It's such a pleasure for us to share our message of the week with you, week in and week out, to give you a little snapshot of what God is doing in and through the life of Journey Ministries here in the Cayman Islands. We do hope that this message encourages you, build your faith, and just challenge you to, to see what God can do in and through you once you believe and continue to believe. So God bless you. Do share the video. Do like our page on Facebook. And see you real soon at any one of our gatherings at 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday at number 18 Redgate Road, Unit 2. God bless you and see you real soon. Also, too, in this, in this church, we believe in God's healing power. We believe in God's presence. We believe in miracles, signs, and wonders. Every week, somebody comes here broken and leaves here. I'm telling you. And so, at the end of this, I'm going to give an invitation um, to meet myself, Trisha. Raise your hand, Trisha. Nabah, Sarah, um, Lucas, and one of our leaders. In the, if you want prayer, just let me know and we pray for you because we don't want you to leave here the same. Like we, we don't want to be that church that you come with all these burdens and you leave with more burdens. That's, we are hope. We believe Christ healed, He delivers, and He set us free. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. So, to be honest with you, I had something different to share. But as I look around and I see, well, God, what are you, what are you doing? This is a, a great family here on both sides. The church family is here. What do we talk about? Because I had this grand idea of talking about um, being strong and courageous. Maybe, maybe I'll still do it. But as I, as I sense what God was doing as, as we worship, um, I leaned over to um, Trisha and I said, Trisha, I think I'm going to be speaking about the woman at the well. She said, you sure? I said, yeah, I think so. And then you sang that song about come and drink from the well. You know, so I was like, well, Jesus, we're going to do that. And um, that's what we're going to talk about. So let me just get my Bible and then set the stage for what I want to talk about. So how many of you guys have ever heard about the woman at the well? I heard about the woman in the well, this woman in Samaria who talked to Jesus and Jesus talked to her and you know set her free and spoke to her about her past, etc. But in the Bible, I used to think very negative of this woman because this woman she was married five times and she was with a man that not even her husband right now. And that sounds like a leg that has been challenged. That's the best way I can put it, right? But as I read the book uh, of the Gospels and as I see God reach especially to women, you gotta understand the context of what women were at that time. Um, there's a group of people that rise up right after the book of Malachi, if you're familiar with the Bible. The last text, um, the last Old Testament book is called Malachi. And it was between 400 years between Malachi and when Jesus and John the Baptist come on the scene that the Spirit of God was using a prophet or speaking to his people again. And in that time, there's a group of people called the Pharisees and the Sadducees, a group of religious people that search the scriptures. The Bible says you search the scriptures because in it you think you're going to find eternal life. So here are these people reading the scriptures and adding to the scriptures, adding to the law as much as they can, putting a yoke on people that they themselves can't even, um, can't even actually fulfill. And in that context, um, they mistreated women a lot. They mistreated women. They, they created this law called any, um, any wrong or any offense divorce or any cause divorce, meaning that a woman could be divorced by her husband even if she cooked turtle meat wrong. Can you imagine that? You know, you know, barbecue chicken, you know, not sweet enough. You know, these are some of the foolishness that people could divorce. And so when I begin to look 
uh, this woman, this encounter with this woman in John chapter 4, I'm going to turn there. Uh, I begin to look at this woman different. I begin to see this woman with the eyes of grace that I didn't see her before. Because if you hear a woman being married five times, they're like, what's wrong with you? You know, or a man married five times, like, what's wrong with you? You know, and we live in a society um, that really, I mean, people... People who make decisions that have been divorced, people who, who gave it their all in a relationship and it didn't work out, feel kind of condemned by society or this judgment, especially in the church. So the church says to the people, you know, you have five children, never been married, you have four different baby fathers or baby mothers, but you get married. Oh, you great now. But it says to the person who found the love of their life, tried it, did everything right, got married, have a kid, and then get divorced, like, ah, oh, you stay over there. At least you try, you know, and that's what I believe. And so God meets this woman at a very pinnacle time in her life. He meets her at a very unusual time. Now, if if you guys are older, I used to listen. I listen to um, older people a lot. Uh, I love older people because guess what? I learn a lot. You know, I like to hear culture. I like to hear okay, my was one of the things my grandmother, my great grandmother, used to say that they used to have wells in different places or water spots, and they'd have to go and get water. Because they never had water authority in the day, and they'll have to cut through the bush, they have shortcuts, and they'll go early in the morning before one half, before their school, before their events of the day. This woman is going to the well at like 12 o'clock in the day, and it's a very challenging time because it's hot. And yeah, that's okay. Blessing baby. That Jimmy you know he's blessing, he just get. <laughs> Jesus is not afraid of babies, trust me, he loves them. Let me just read the story. So I'll give you context. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard, the Bible says, that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Now let me just teach you about this context. Now Samaria are seen as half-breed Jews. Okay? That's why when Jesus talked about who's your neighbor, he said the good Samaritan. What he was actually saying is that you think you're supposed to know God, you think you're supposed to know God, and the person that you said shouldn't know God actually acted like God in this place. Man was beaten, the priest stepped over him, another person stepped over him, and the Bible says a good Samaritan. A person that culturally, not even in the same context with you, that you degrade, helped you. And so he just saying that's, that's the context of how they view the Samaria. In fact, they would actually go the long route so that they would even pass through Samaria. And Jesus intentionally goes the short route to make an impact in one person's life. So I'm here to tell you that one person is important to God. You are all significant. Even the kids that are sleeping and Jamie that is, you know, growing right now and, you know, Fiona, her child now says, every single person is important to God. And so he passed through Samaria and eventually he came to a Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired from a long walk. Now, he never had no scooter. He didn't have a 1,000. He didn't have no public transport. It's either a donkey or your foot. And you can imagine walking through that terrain. He didn't have no Air Jordans. He didn't have no Asics or shoes. He just had his wampas and he was walking. The man is tired. He's ministering and he's tired. So he stops at this place at Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat where beside the well about noon time. About 12 o'clock. When you go get water, first thing in the morning is 4.30, 5.30, no later than 6. Okay? So this is noon time. Soon a woman, a Samaritan woman, came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. So Jesus is intentional about the conversation. The woman comes, 
Now, she can see that he's a Jew, and Jews, whether they are man or woman in Samaritans, don't agree. They don't agree. It's like Americans, Cuba, and Russia in the Cold War. They didn't agree, it, you know, and they still has challenge right now with some people, you know. So they didn't agree. And so he's a Jew. Jews, you could tell a Jew. They look different. They got the beard. They got a rabbi, everything like that. They got his, his um, prayer shawl on him and everything. The woman sees him, and he's intentional. He makes the first contact. Give me some water, please. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. Here's why she's surprised. For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Now I know all of us in here got one person in our life that we say, mm -mm. and he come bobo, mm -mm. and I do nothing with him, and I do nothing with her. You know, we don't mean it, but we do it, right? And, and so it's worse than that. And he reaches out to this woman. He said, she's surprised because why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God that has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. So here's what he's saying. You come to a well that you have to come back again. But if you knew who I was and who I am, you would ask me for living water. You would ask me for pipe water. You would ask me for water that has access that when you press the on button, it just comes on. Like the water that is running in water target or consolidated water milk in the Cayman Islands. You would ask me for that and I would give it to you. So, <clears throat> but sir, she said, you don't have a rope. He just sitting down there. He didn't come prepared to come forget water. In fact, water is not his mission. The woman is the mission. Hope is the mission. Encouragement is the mission. Transformation is the mission. It's not water. So she said, sir, you don't even have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? Talk to me about this. Because this will save me time. This will be convenient. Goes on and says, and besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? He's saying, do you forget that we're all connected? Because they're, 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 they're family, pretty much. Our ancestor, your ancestor Jacob, gave us this well to enjoy. He himself used this well with his family in his, in his um, herds, etc. And can you be any better than our father's Jacob? That's what she's saying. Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, you know, in this world, there's always a new fad that comes out. There's always a new upgrade. There's a consumer-driven um, society we live in. We have to keep on buying. We can, if we just get this, if we just have this friend, if we just get this house, if we just get this car, no, if we just get this job, if we just get that bonus, many of us working hard right now, and we just hope by December 15th, which is my birthday, hallelujah, bring a gift for me. <laughs> if we just wait till then, then we probably got a little three or 4,000 or 2,000, even 500, that would be good. If we just get that, and God is saying, what the world gives you, you're gonna be empty and empty and empty. The minute you actually buy something, guess what, at Foster's, it begins to, You buy the milk, you look at it, it's only seven days, maybe you could use it. The bananas, you pick them green, by two days, start to get ripe, eventually get expired. Food gets spoiled. Everything in this life eventually expires. And he is saying, I don't think you fully understand. Because you're coming here empty, you come in here empty, and you're coming with an empty bucket, and you're coming with water on a daily basis, but you're still not leaving satisfied. 
and there's something more that I want to give to you. Please, sir, the woman said. That sounds like a cool deal. You know, I was sitting home today and I'm like, Jesus, if they really knew who Jesus was, they wouldn't have a problem with Jesus. If you really knew who Jesus was, the Savior of the world, Yeshua, Deliverer, you wouldn't have a problem with Jesus. But what happens is that because we have bad marketing of a product, we believe the people who market in the product. So for example, now, if, if, you don't mark, if, you, if you have a product, for example, Nike, just do it. You know, if you bite into Nike or bite into that marketing, bless you, bless you guys, nice to see you, nice to see you. Find a chair, you got more chairs there. Yes, welcome. Hold up. If you see something on a billboard and you actually buy it and it doesn't live up to the hype, guess what, you're not satisfied. And sometimes I believe people portray Jesus, he's this, in this little box. And so we feel inadequate. But we don't got long dress today, so guess what? We can't be Jesus. Sorry, Sarah, you're wearing jeans, you're not holy. Oh, Felix, you have tattoos. Oh, but you're divorced. Oh, but you're not married. Oh, but you, you're not got a job. Oh, but you still got liquor in your house. How can you love Jesus? And we create all these different things, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees that we were talking about at the beginning to say, well, let's push people further away from hope. In Jesus, when he comes, the Bible says, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. I want to be a true representation of who the Heavenly Father is. Because I know woman, this is what he said to the woman, I know people run from you. I know people avoid you. I know people can't stand you. I know that people think that you're invisible because the laws of the land today treat women like that. That's, what, that's where he's coming from. I know, but I stop and I listen to you. I stop and I engage in you. I know that there's people that come in my name might not be a good representation, but now I want to give you something. I want to give you hope. I want to give you living water. Please, sir, she said. This woman said, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again. What she's saying is that if you give me this living water that bubbles up inside of me, which is the Holy Spirit, that you give me, then something on the inside of me is going to always make me feel that I'm worth it. That I belong. That I'm enough. That I'm valuable. That it's somebody that loves me. That I'm protected. That I'm provided for. That I'm on somebody's mind. Because if you give me this hope that you're exchanging me, I can work with that. And that's Jesus, guys. And he goes on and says, he says, okay, I, I, I'll never be thirsty again. I won't, I won't have to come here to get water. And, and he says, okay, pretty cool. You get me. You're excited about it. You're about to get it. But do me a favor. Go get your husband. Oh, crap. Like somebody whispering his ear now about my problems now. And he's reading the newspaper of my life. And now I got to tell this man that I have no husband. And this is what she said. This is a dialogue. This is how I read the Bible again. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. And you're not even married to the one or to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Jesus Christ gets something the Bible calls a word of knowledge. He hasn't met her before. He don't know who she is biologically. Do you guys know that Jesus, even though he was a son of God, even though he was fully man and fully God, he was fully dependent on the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus did everything as a, as a God, all we can do as human beings who follow him, as believers, we just clap. Good. 
Carry on. Go, Jesus. Three-pointer. That's, that's how you do when you when you support your team in LeBron James. You don't know who you is. You're in the crowd like, yay, LeBron! Don't go down. But if he did all of this stuff as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit, then that's an invitation for me and you to step in and say, Ah, oh, we can live like Jesus. We can be hope to the hopeless. We can give life to those that are in dark places. We can be the light for someone today. We can restore hope. We can actually lay hands on the sick and they recover. So he's doing these things empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives him a little background information of this woman. She said, I know Mary. You see, you're right. You're telling the truth. How many times you guys know that, you know, some of us, when I talk to God, sometimes I feel like, just like get past all the foolishness, let's get to the truth. What, what's going on in your heart? What's up? I know it anyway. Just talk with me. Just have fellowship. Let's connect. And so, the funny thing is that when I first read the scripture, like I said before, I used to think this woman had some serious problems until I figured out that this woman could have been divorced by a man of our day for no, nothing big. Cooking the wrong meal. If you're not satisfied with her no more. If you know about gym membership. You know, all these different things that women struggle with. Sometimes men struggle with it too because I'm in the gym and I still can't lose weight. And I'm just happy that my pants still fit me. I'm just saying that you know, people, people have all these challenges in life and Jesus bypassed all those challenges and say, you are important to me. Now check this out. She has five men she has been married to. She's with a man right now that doesn't even value her. He should go get the water. He doesn't even see her as wife material or wife material. He doesn't even begin to even conversate with her about that because to him, she's trash. So what God is addressing in this woman is her spirit of rejection and, 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 and the spirit of like, I'm not valuable, that he's addressing, he's talking to her. He's bypassing every cultural issue, every cultural offense. He's jumping over the father, he's a Jew. He's jumping over the father, she's divorced. She's jumping over the father, the town knows everything about her and is rejecting her. Why do you think she's out there getting water at noon time? It's hot, guys. She doesn't want to go to the well when all the other women and, and people are there. Because when you challenge, when you have problems, what does the enemy do? Isolate you. He tells you, listen, if Felix really finds out about you, guess what? He kick you out of the church. I not die for no church. Only Jesus died for people. I'm just here as an instrument of hope for people. So no matter how messy you are, how challenging it is, I'm saying God is redemptive. I would say that every answer from his heart is redemptive. No matter how far you are, he still has room at the table for you. So he's speaking to that rejection spirit in this woman. He's saying, listen, go get your husband. What he's saying is, face your biggest fear of yourself. People think the biggest challenge is going to be what the boss man say about them, what the family members say about them, what society say about them. Your biggest giant is you. If you can conquer you, you can conquer anything. Because this is what this woman is being said, I will never be happy. I will never have a restaurant store or marriage again. In fact, I'm not going to be commissioned for greatness. I don't even know my purpose. That's why I'm lying with this woman. That's why I'm lying with this man. That's how we feel. You know, when I was in sin, when I fell away from faith, I was like, man, God, I'm too far from you now. That was my life that I believed. So let's just do everything under the sun that entertains my flesh so that I can be further away. Because right now, God, nobody's given me hope. Nobody came to me and said, Yo, Felix, God got a plan for you. Let's go. Let's do it. Oh, when they saw me, my garbage, push them away. 
until one day when I had my well experience where I said, God, I know you have a purpose for my life. I know that even though my sin, the Bible says, is like scarlet, you can make me well like snow. I know, even though I'm in the pit right now, I can't run from you. I know that you are a father who's well pleased with me, even in my mess. You still have a plan for me to prosper me and not to harm me. So she had to face herself in order to get the blessing of the Holy Spirit from this man called Jesus, our Savior. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me why is this that the Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it's here at Mount Jerusalem, where our ancestors worship. They're always going to be someone telling you the right way to worship. Oh, Jews, they bad because they're not Sunday or the Sabbath. I'm just being honest, God. If an hour is a night Bible study, then it must be. What are these crazy people doing on a Tuesday at a church? There's always going to be some religious spirit telling you, you're not good enough and you're not doing it right. And Jesus counteracts that and says, listen, there's coming a time, and it is now, that the true worshipers will worship Him in spirit and truth. Guess what happened? The revelation of who He truly is, and because they have the spirit inside of them. What salvation is, guys, is an exchange. It is God taking our worst, our life, and giving us Himself. It is a miracle, it's a mystery that theologians find it very hard to explain. That God, in the book of Acts, Paul tells the intellect of Mars Hill and the Greeks and says, Listen, I know I see you guys have idols from every place. You even have an idol for the unknown God. You're very religious. But I'm telling you, you so you make your, your temples for this prop, for this people and for that. The God that I serve doesn't live in temples made by man. He lives actually in us. Now, why am I stucking on this story? I'm sticking on this story because guess what? I realize that the enemy has lied to you. And any time you believe a lie, you empower the liar. And we come into a place in our life where there's things to accomplish and there's things to pursue and we need to really discern the Father's voice. The Father's voice is saying, I say where you are, but that's not what I want you to be. The Father's voice is saying, you think you messed up, grand, and you probably did, but I have resources to equip you. I want you back home in my house. The Father's voice is saying, the enemy is going to bring things in like to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I come to bring abundant life, things to give you hope, things to give you a future. Now, I realize some people might not have a biological father. I have a biological father, but guess what? Might as well, I never had one. It was tough. But only because the grace of God in my life, now I could look at my father and I could wish him well. And we're still working on that relationship. But in order to be a father, which I am, of two beautiful children, I need to look to my father. I need to see his example. I need to know that I am well pleased in his eyes so that I can tell my children, you are well pleased in my eyes. A couple of years ago, God gave me a dream of a house and they had no doors. They had no doors. And a thief walked, but he wasn't a thief yet. He wasn't a thief yet. How many guys know that? Thieves don't even want to be thief sometimes. But you got to protect your house. And he's circling this house in the front of my yard. And I'm just in my house looking. And no front door, no side door, no back door. And he pucks his head in and he says, You got some nice stuff inside here though. He said, But, why you don't have no doors? And because you don't have no doors, it's free for me to come inside here. You know that, right? 
God gave me a revelation of my relationship with my children that I have to be a door for them. And I know some of you guys might not, some of your family might have died, fathers might have died, mother might have died, and things were not rectified properly. But I'm saying Jesus is at the door. He can be your door. So when the enemy comes, he can't pass the fortress of hope and love that Jesus Christ comes in your heart. He can't pass it. But if you don't have a door, guess what happened? Anybody walks in. Especially for young ladies. You know, young ladies, and, and I got a daughter, she's going to be 12, and I'm like, I'm affirming her with love every day I can. I love you, baby. Daddy's so proud of you. I'm, I'm, I'm treating and respecting her body and her distance as she goes into a young woman, and I'm letting her know that you're beautiful regardless of anybody voice in your life. What am I doing? And I'm modeling in my home what, what um, honoring relationship looks like between my wife and myself, her stepmother. And I'm saying all these things, and I'm saying because I don't want her to look outside of this house for affirmation. This is what the world does. The world says you are rejected, just like this woman at the well. So you gotta look. And anything that begins to accept you and begins to look into you, guess what? That feels good. So even when we're starving or when we need rescuing, a straw can seem like a rope. And the mirages of life is this, that while we're pursuing the things of this world, listen, I love great things, I dress nice, I love good food, I love to enjoy myself, but all these things need to come second, third, fifth, or seventh between me and my God. But many of us put those things first, the pursuit of honoring man more than God. Here's what he says in his word. He says, the fear of man is becoming a snare. And I know God is speaking to many of our hearts tonight. And I know he's saying, I want you in my house. Come into my house. I know you think you're too far. I know you think that I write you off. I did not write you off. A church member might have written you off. A pastor might have rejected you. Somebody that came in my name that wasn't representing me well, but I never write you off. I died on the cross because the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured. You know what the joy was? Us. It cost him everything, but because of the cause, he did it. It caused Jesus everything, caught God everything. And somebody told me, said, listen, Felix, well, what about my future sin? Well, he died 2,100 years ago. Every sin is future. And he freed you. But it's about a relationship. So as we close, guys. Yes, bless Gabriel. I'm a boy. As we close, I want you to think about, you could give me some music. I want you to think about this woman at the well. I want you to think about if you're her. You could be a man, you could still be this woman. Um, I personally know that, you know, men sometimes get rejected too. And men sometimes get disrespected. And men are also misunderstood. I saw on the news, <clears throat> and I don't listen to this all the time, but as a country, we need to stop broadcasting foolishness on our social media. We can't allow a spirit of fear to operate in our country as believers. I can't participate in it. I actually unfollow people when they share foolishness. We have great godly men in the Cayman Islands. We have great godly women in the Cayman Islands. We have women finding themselves in God. We have men, women, you know, becoming mothers that it wasn't before. I see women becoming wives that they were challenged before. I see men showing up, picking up their kids from school. I see men trying to win back the hearts of their wives. I see all of that in Cayman. I do not see rapists, even though they're there. 
That cannot be the underlying factor. I do not see young people harming themselves, not even though it's there. My prayer for my island, my prayer for you is that you come into right relationship with the Father. And as you come into the right relationship with the Father, you get that spirit of adoption. That spirit that says, son and daughter, I've been waiting on you to come here so that I can release to you your inheritance. You know what a servant does? A servant works to get paid. A son inherits. A daughter inherits. And the fact is that you cannot be something if you're not looking at something greater than you. When he made Adam, he fashioned Adam. And the Bible said he breathed life into Adam. And all of a sudden, this life that Adam gets now looks at the father who created him. We have babies all over this place today. The babies could actually hear the voice of their parents and they encourage you to play classical music. They encourage you to speak to them and pray for them. And when that baby comes out and he's crying and all that different stuff, and he hears the voice of the father and he looks like, you are the face of the voice that I've been hearing for eight to nine months. And I feel that we have to get to that place where we stop listening to the enemy, that we're not good enough, that we're never gonna overcome, that we're rejects. Don't believe that. Believe that you are made in his image. That you are a daughter and a son which he is well pleased. That he has a plan for you to prosper and not to harm you. And he doesn't care how old you are. Every God has no grandchildren, he only have children. And he wants you at his table. So let us stand as I close in prayer.